Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Beautiful people, powerful people, I'm talking to you. Welcome back to Redefining Reality. I'm your host, Brian Hardy, holistic nutritionist and wellness advisor, here with what is going to be a very fun episode to share. We talk about all sorts of goodness, all sorts of goodness, growth hormone, mushrooms, ego death, overcoming pain, chronic pain, depression, suicide, all sorts of real shit that is not that easy to talk about. And we dive into it big time in this episode. But before we get into that episode, a few little announcements. So if you've been following along, you would have seen that today is day one of the Keto Kickstart Community Cleanse Challenge. Now that sounds like a big mouthful. But really, it's just a fasting-mimicking diet that has been keto-adapted and supplemented with a few key supplements and, uh, you know, favorite foods of mine in order to fit the protocol and uh, get people what they're looking for. And I am, you know, it's 5 p.m. I've had, today's day one, so we're aiming for around 11 to 1,200 calories. I've probably had about... 600 or so and I'm feeling really good really high energy really clear focus and that is in part due to some of my little uh, medicinal mushroom cacao fudge bombs that is in part due to some CBD some fish oil some caffeine just a little bit of caffeine and uh, just lots of really good fats and uh, yeah it's been good. Some supplements. Acetyl L-carnitine, one of my favorite supplements. Anywho, that's been cool. And uh, I'll be documenting my journey as we go. And so you can follow along and, uh, you know, tune in. See if you want to experiment with something like this for yourself. And uh, see how that affects your body. A couple sponsors to mention for the show. One, who is a really awesome company. And uh, they hooked us up. They hooked us up. Uh, because I told them about the Kickstart Community Cleanse, and uh, this is Perfect Keto. And they make exogenous ketones, everything 100% dairy-free, which is big for me. And they make ketones, they make MCT oil powder, which is delicious and very nourishing, great brain food, great uh, fasting fuel, and uh, blends up really nicely into any recipe. Yeah, so they make that. They make a keto collagen. They make a keto greens. They make all sorts of good things that help you live your low-carb, keto-optimized lifestyle and make it taste delicious. And so when you go to their shop, you can enter the coupon code BRIAN. That's all capitals, B-R-Y-A-N. And that will get you 20% off your entire order. 
Now that coupon code is good until the end of February 2018. So if you've been on the fence and you want to try something like this, the ketones are probably the biggest game changer, I would say, if you haven't tried any of the products. But uh, now is a great time to do so. So go over to perfectketo.com, click on the shop, you know, do your order, and then during checkout, enter B-R-Y-A-N, all caps, and save yourself 20%. Now, if you're just hearing about the whole fasting, mimicking, keto, kickstart thing, then go over to brianhardy.ca forward slash keto kickstart, and uh, you'll find all the information there. But uh, the last sponsor is the... Well, not sponsor, but, you know, they support me to help support the podcast, and that's Audible and Amazon, right? So if you click through my link and you're going to shop at Amazon or Audible, oh, excuse me, got a little bit of the yawns. So if you click through the link, you will find, um, and that's at the show notes, right, brianhardy.ca forward slash mind, body, heart, and that's H-A-R-T. That's for this week's episode. So everything I'm talking about will be linked up there. So just go to brianhardy.ca, again, forward slash mind, body, heart, without the E, um, which is, you know, the last name of my guest this week. And you'll find everything I'm talking about. But Audible is fantastic audiobook service. And they've got more than just audiobooks. They've got lecture series. They've got hundreds, thousands of hours of amazing content that you can plug on into. And the latest book that I've been diving into has been called Journey of Souls by Michael Newman. and uh, Or Newton, rather. Michael Newton, I believe. Journey of Souls is the, is the name of the book. And it's been really cool. Really mind-expanding stuff. And you can use that. You can use Audible to turn what could be just a normal commute or your workout or a walk to work or a walk someplace or a bike ride or cooking, shopping, whatever you're doing that uh, has you otherwise free to listen to music or a podcast could also be an audiobook. And uh, if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash Brian Hardy, that's B-R-Y-A-N-H-A-R-D-Y, my name, you will get a free month of Audible service and a free audiobook that you can keep even if you don't stay on after the trial ends. But I think you will stay on because who doesn't want access to all these amazing audiobooks and audio lectures and content? Okay, I believe that is all. My guest this week is my friend Wes Van Hart, and Wes is a very interesting cat. We totally geek out when it comes to fitness and biohacking and cannabis and mushrooms and all sorts of really amazing life-enhancing stuff um, that we've come across in our own healing journeys. And so we talk about his journey through chronic pain, um, as well as depression and suicidal thoughts that he had experienced in the past and how he made it through that, how he gave himself time to step back from work and really focus on his own healing. Uh, We talk about concussions and PTSD and how to mitigate some of that damage. We talk about microdosing human growth hormone to help with that, help with PTSD. Really, really cool stuff, really cutting-edge stuff. Um, We talk about emotional intelligence, uh, the connection between the gut and the brain, you know, and how... 
we really need to change the conversation around mental health and really be more honest and transparent and open and supportive for people because it's a hard, hard time to be alive, especially if you're living in a major city. So much stress is on us these days as human beings. And so we all need to, you know, practice compassion for ourselves and step back and really recognize that we're doing the best we can and that it's hard, right? That it's hard and it's it's normal for it to be hard. You know, if it wasn't hard, then I would be worried because the human animal is not meant to exist in the environment that we find ourselves. Again, speaking of modern cities. And so it was a fantastic episode. Like I said, show notes at brianhardy.ca forward slash mind, body, heart, H-A-R-T. And I'm going to play us out for the outro song with an artist I love, have come to love recently named Tubby Love, who's a very soulful individual. And uh, the song is called Glad You Came Through from his Campfire Anthems recordings. And uh, it's a great one. So we'll rock out with that at the end. Hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, here is my episode with Mr. Wes Van Hart. Um, I raced go-karts and dirt bikes uh, at a young age, and that kind of got me into the attitude of getting into the film industry uh, with my father, who used to be a stunt coordinator and stuntman for like 20, 30 years. And uh, I had an, a near-fatal accident when I was 13. I snapped both bones in my right leg, my tib-fib which resulted in a, uh, basically I flatlined on the operating table and then <clears throat> was brought back, resuscitated. And I wasn't told this until I ended up in the hospital last October. So I've, I've struggled with PTSD, anxiety, depression, a, a myriad of mental health issues for the last 14 odd years. Um, and last October, I, I, I was in the hospital because I, I was under cardiac arrest. My heart rate was like 265 over 183. And the nurse was like, no, you got to come with me. She dragged me through the ER. She's like, no, you got to sit down somewhere. Like, we need to get this dealt with. Mm. So they were really actually worried. And I had no idea. My body was just going through the state of flux. Like, everything was pins and needles. My vision was closing in and out. And I was so short of breath, I thought I was just going to drop. So <clears throat> fast forward a year. I spent the last year <clears throat> working on myself. I quit my job in the film industry after being in the film industry for about five years. Uh, I've got a collective almost nine years of experience. Mm. Family is very film oriented, so that's where a lot of my background was. Um, <clears throat> I, but because of my accident, I didn't hit puberty until I was like 21, 22. Mm. So because of that, my thyroid had, <clears throat> I developed thyroid issues. So my thyroid flipped. I retained all of the weight growing up. Um, my highest, I think was just under 310. So I was 19, 20 years old, 310 pounds, um, close to 33% body fat. If I were to guess, I was really big. Lots mm. of like when I lost all the weight, I had a lot of skin to tighten up and everything else. Um, but yeah, puberty hit my thyroid flipped, lost all the weight. And then started getting more confident. So my, my, my anxiety, depression, and everything else wasn't as bad as it was through high school. <clears throat> but it got really bad after my, after my little episode in the uh, hospital last year. Mm. So I spent a lot of time trying to figure out where to go, if the film industry was really the right thing for me or not. My roommate, like my best friend, he's, he helped me kind of decide on what I was supposed to be doing. Because he really challenged me to make me think, like, is this the right industry for me? 
Mm. Right. And like, I was lying to myself for a long time. I grew up in the industry. So I developed an understanding of how everything flowed. So I figured like, if you know it, why not get into it? Like, right. But it just wasn't something I was passionate about. Mm. Um, I started working out, getting into fitness and then, and like actual physical health when I was about 19, right after high school, right when the weight started to kind of pull off of me a little bit. And, uh, ever since about 18, 19, I've been in the gym and now 180 pounds from 300. And it's been kind of, it's, it's shown me the way to be able to be like, you know what? I can teach this to other people. I've battled with suicide for 13 years, um, in and out of like weird states of depression where I did want to do it. Mm. Um, and I've been able to coach myself out of those periods and like get, coaching from other people to be able to understand where I'm supposed to be going. So all the coaching from my friends, the coaches I've, I've acquired and the experience that I've dealt with myself, I've now kind of put myself into the sphere of life coaching, health and wellness with a big focus on mental health mm-hmm. because I've suffered from all like uh, uh, all these extensive issues for so long. I know how to kind of bounce back from them and I know what per- what patterns of behavior will perpetuate more st- and stimulate more issues. Mm-hmm. So I know how to kind of eradicate some of the thought patterns, behavioral issues, and <clears throat> and work towards bettering the mind and get the body better, and then everything else kind of just follows suit. Mm-hmm. Chronic pain is a new thing that I'm I'm learning to deal with now. After uh, I I still don't know what caused the chronic pain in my lower back, hip, and leg. That's we'll get into that, but like that. Chronic pain is the new part of what I, I am starting to deal with, which is it caused a big shift of mentality for me mid-2017. Um, I started developing an oxy addiction and benzo addiction because I needed to sleep and the pain was getting so bad that it, it became chronic pain. And when you suffer from chronic pain, it changes who you are. It really is like, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like having someone nag, pulling on your shirt every day. It's like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That's kind of what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And then you, you change it, who you are, how you respond to certain things and how you act around, around people and even yourself. So I was, a, I went through this weird state of like hyper positivity and then hyper negativity. And I was just like, what is going on here? And then I finally realized like I had to come clean with a lot of my friends and myself that I had an oxy addiction through about July into October, Halloween, I kind of broke down. Mm-hmm. All my friends were going out and I was just like snapping on everybody, just losing my mind. And it was because I was dealing with an oxy addiction. I couldn't get a hold of the guy who was giving them to me. And he, I wasn't buying them. He was giving them to me because he knew how much pain I was in. Mm. So it was like a friend helping a friend. And he, he didn't realize the damage he was doing, but it wasn't his fault. Because I was the one going, I need them. I need them. I need them. I have to sleep. I have to sleep. I can't do this anymore. Mm. So I had developed this... Um, this addiction issue that I didn't even realize was an addiction issue until I had to come to terms with the fact that my anger and aggression was not coming from who I am. It was coming from an, an issue that I had created myself. Mm. So <clears throat> in the end of uh, October, I started searching for growth hormone. Got my hands on it. and Well, and you had, correct me if I'm wrong, you had, because we met in... August or something like that. June, I think. June? Yeah. Okay, so somewhere. Somewhere in the summer, early summer. Yeah. Yeah. And you had, I think you had, you had already done a one cycle and yeah. really successful. Yeah. Right? I did one cycle actually to help eradicate my PTSD. Mm. I microdosed it. I was doing some research, found out that um, 
it's administered to veterans. Some veterans who have severe PTSD and actually like uh, my cousin who's a, a vet, one of my cousins who's a vet, he has been taking it for the last five, six years, not consistently, but periodically mm-hmm. to combat his PTSD. It helps rewire a lot of the neural damage that your PTSD creates. Like it's kind of like a brain injury. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Your brain experiences severe trauma and it kind of rewires how you think, act and behave around certain stimulus. So mm-hmm. it really helped me kind of dissect my own shit that between that and mushrooms, it was another world of like self under self awareness and understanding. It was insane. Mm. So I broke a lot of bad behaviors. I, I developed a lot of new attitudes and thought patterns around certain things that I always had an issue with. And for whatever reason, having the ego death on mushrooms and then being able to rewire my neural net because of the microdosing on growth hormone, mm. it was this wicked combination of like, holy shit, Wes, you feel like a completely different person. You've never even felt like this before. And at first I thought it was a little temporary or uh, placebo effect-ish kind of thing. Like it really did feel like it was, wasn't going to last. Mm. And I was kind of worried about it, but kind of not because I felt so good at the time. And I'm now realizing that it, it, it lasted, like it stuck. Um, certain things kind of needed a bit more of a kick than others, but like I didn't really relapse too bad except for the fact that I had an addiction issue that I was kind of dealing with, right? Yeah, well, and it's just playing in my mind because when I first heard that, right, you know, using growth hormone for PTSD, it's not the most uh, sort of intuitive combination, right? Like I'm kind of like, what's the mechanism? Like, what are we targeting here? Mm-hmm. But knowing that it's stimulating neurogenesis, that makes so much sense. And you yeah. stack that with psilocybin, right? You stack that with any lion's mane, stack that with any other neurogenesis promoting tool, activity, supplement, then you're going to compound the effects. Oh, absolutely. Right? That's, oh man, that's incredible. It, it was, yeah, it was wicked. Like it, I've never felt like that before. And then doing this cycle I did uh, from November to now, just like recently, um, I wasn't microdosing. I was actually doing a proper dose. So I was doing one IU in the morning, one IU in the afternoon. And the thing is, like, I want to, I want to stress this is like growth hormone is not a steroid. Mm. It's not a steroid. If you were to use it in conjunction with steroids or testosterone, yes, you will develop size. But I, I made you put on five pounds of muscle on it. it. People said I got bigger, but not to the point where they're like, you need to calm down mm-hmm. or we see like, are you doing on anything? Like, what are you on? Like, it just looks like I've been eating a lot more. Mm-hmm. But what I was using the growth hormone for was rewiring the chronic pain issue because of the, ner- the level of neurogenesis that I got from the microdosing. I wanted to step it up because mm. I was like, if, they, if it's that effective, I had my levels tested, my IGF levels tested, my, my hormone levels tested. And I was like, you know what? Like I need to jump on this. Told my doctor, he said it's fine, but I he can't. Doctors here can't prescribe it. It's not legal here. Mm. So I had to go through friends. Not for anything. There's no medical application whatsoever. They don't. Pharmaceutical companies don't like it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's there's not a whole lot of profit. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. You can cut an entire sector out of the pharmaceutical industry with that shit, man. It's it, like there's a reason why a lot of people who have money do it. It helps facilitate a, a consistent level of of hormones. Uh, cognitive function, physical function, your skin clears up. Like you can sleep like a baby. Like I slept like an angel on it. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't experienced. I still don't experience night terrors anymore. 
and people who suffer from PTSD, anxiety, or depression know how bad night terrors can get. Like, I dealt yeah. with them for 13 years consistently. Like, maybe not every single day, but three or four times out of the week, I would get them to the point where I would remember what was going on. Mm, right? And you're, like, waking up, screaming, sweating. Yeah, like, the whole bed was soaking wet. Like, I had girlfriends in the past who were like, you sweat in your sleep. And I didn't realize why, because I wasn't tuning into the night terror. <clears throat> now, I'm just like, holy shit. I was, like, I was freaking out. And I, you can actually sleep now. Yeah, I can actually sleep now, like consistently. Like I'm not waking up in the middle of the night to like do anything or freak out. I'm just like, I'm I'm sleeping. Nice. So it's actually been it's been good. Like the recovery this over the last year was phenomenal. Mm. And now I've got a surgeon who's who's helping me out who actually has determined that I do need surgery. Uh, to the extent we don't know, that'll be determined on February 10th. Ben and Ryan the 30th that I've got to deal with, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been crazy. Like this year has been nuts. It's been uh, a nice climb. So twenty nine, mm. and I've been consistently happy the last like two months, which is alien for me. It's a very foreign feeling for me. Mm. Very used to being like neurotic, very like all over the place, static energy. Much calmer now, able to like actually have an argument with somebody and not raise my voice. You know what I mean? Like before, I was very like trying to dominate the conversation, very like alpha male-ish and I don't get that anymore a little mm. bit I'm not gonna lie I do get that a little bit but before I used to be very on like on the offense mm. withdrawn that a lot in the last year and it's actually it's, it's made me feel like a much better person because I'm now like I'm coaching two students uh, I picked up three clients for my free trial from February to, to May mm. and then I'm launching my business hopefully it'd be really nice to say June 1st but I'm probably saying on my birthday August so but Got a plan in motion, and things are going to be pretty interesting this year. So it'll be cool. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, there's so much to touch on there. There's, I think, so much that the people listening will be able to relate to because it's really, you know, these chronic issues, and, and especially the mental side of things, is an epidemic, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's more often than not, people are neurotic or depressed or withdrawn or they're isolating themselves. They don't have social, you know, healthy social interactions. Everything's behind a screen or on a fucking keyboard or whatever yeah. it is. And uh, it feels like we're hitting that breaking point or we've hit it to where those of us that are actively engaged, right, in finding the solution and finding different novel ways to approach it are, are now really like um, being supported in order to do that because there's this need. Like, like I, I really see it as this need and it's like, okay... We need this as people, so spirit, what do you want to call it, the universe, nature is supporting those of us that have taken that sort of, you know, taken that up. Absolutely. To get it out to more people. What I, what I noticed last year was, uh, and it wasn't even just me, it was my friend circle, my network, people that I, I haven't spoken to in years. The ability to share has just exploded. And like my ability, like, and I noticed like I, I've always been the type of person to always be very extensive with what's going on in myself. And it was never to complain. It's more of a, like, if something's going on, people already know based off of what I've told them, you know what I mean? So I just, it was always a preface to, to kind of who I was as my, my personal character. Mm -hmm. So I was always kind of big on sharing and being able to just like get it out at, at, at first. So that I don't have to explain myself later on. Mm -hmm. But what, I, what I've noticed in just myself being able to share is that it's provoked a conversation with everybody else. It's stimulated other people to be like, holy shit, this guy's able to talk about like all the suicide issues and depression, anxiety, and the, and the, and the struggle. Like 
if he's able to talk about that, then then I should be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right? It kind of breaks down the stigma of like, well, mental health is an issue that needs to be addressed, just like cancer is an issue that needs to be addressed. I'm not saying they're on the same tier, but you know what? Like, mental health, like suicide actually takes more people than cancer and war combined. Look at the statistics. They're pretty fucking disgusting. And they're mm-hmm. terrifying too because the demographic in that statistic is between like, what is it, like 12 and 42? that's a massive gap that's 30 years man like you're looking at a big chunk of population of people who are currently like in works of developing society and furthering society that big chunk of people is being taken out because of the inability to share Mm. or get their point across or be able to to say like listen i'm struggling i can't do the job that you've hired me to do right now i need to take a step back and focus on myself Mm -hmm. like that was the big thing for me i wanted to work through it of course, I, of course, like any hard charging, you know. Yeah, it was that was part of my ego issue. It was like, no, I'm I'm not I'm not a, I'm not a wimp. I'm not a bitch. Like I can I can I can push through this. But you know what? It wasn't it wasn't about being a wimp or a bitch or, or, or anything like that. It was about having self love and being able to say, you know what? I'm not okay right now. I had to be like, Wes has a problem. Wes needs to fucking he needs to sit down and, and fix it instead of pretending like it's it can be swept under the rug because now we're tripping on the rug every time we walk into the house. Mm. Right? So it was this big fucking catastrophic issue that was within me that I had to fix that I'm now able to like share with other people. And other people are like, wow, okay. Like now I can be honest about the issues that I'm dealing with instead of shoveling them under the carpet and pretending like I can, I can jump over this hurdle every time I walk into my house. Mm. Your body is, is like, <clears throat> you will notice that if you don't take care of your mind, your body will deteriorate faster. And I feel like that's why my, most of my pain came out this year was because I was now addressing everything and everything started to finally be like, okay, now that you've got the mental shit out of the way, here's the physical pain you've been, you've been neglecting for so long. Right? Like mm-hmm. I was the type of person to be snowboarding with no helmet on every single time I strapped in and I've accumulated a nice rack of concussions, like off of, off the record, probably 10 to 15 mm. and serious ones. Like not to the point where like, Oh, I hit my head. Like I was an idiot. And I'll be honest about it. I was an idiot. Like I'd strap in, fly down the hill, trip, smoke my head on something and get back up and just do it again. (laughs) And I wouldn't realize until after I got out of my boots and like, holy shit, I'm dizzy and I'm seeing the same color for longer than 15 minutes now. Mm. Right. And then I'd go to sleep like that, wake up the next morning and feel even worse. And then get back on my board and go back down the hill and get another concussion or rack up another hit. And Mm. with all the damage I did to my body, my brain was already dealing with so much. I wasn't able to comprehend what my body was feeling because I was mentally, I was just like a big erotic mess, mm. erratic mess. Sorry. And it got to the point where I, once I had addressed that, it's like, okay, now, now you feel like shit physically because you've been, you, you thought you were Superman. Mm. So I kind of got that part from my dad though. Like he's an adrenaline junkie and a half. He worked in the film industry doing stunts for 30 plus years. Kind of got that from him. Like, Oh, my dad can do it. I can do it. And, and, but he was, he had common sense when he was doing his stunts. Mm. I was just doing like, oh, I can do this and not worry about the hit because I'm still young. My body can repair. No, <laughs> it doesn't really work <laughs> like that. But it, it's, uh, yeah, it, like the pain thing was was interesting to deal with and come to terms with. That was, mm. that was a fun experience. But the, the, the thing is, like being able to share all of this and my journey with people is kind of, is going to be cool because like once I get my campaign and everything ready for, my mental health campaign that I'm working on, it will all make sense. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm tying my physical journey, my mental health journey, my spiritual journey all into one. And it's going to make a lot of sense. It's going to be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So I hope that by sharing my story and my journey and everything else that I can stimulate a conversation between everybody else, maybe not even through our generation, but the generation below us. You know what I mean? Create a conversation between them. Like, okay, there's like, we're dealing with social issues here. Like we don't know how to handle our emotions. We weren't properly taught how to handle our emotions because we were born with a fucking cell phone in our hand. And now we're staring at pictures of Kim Kardashian and wanting to be her Mm. and not getting the gratification that she does. So now we feel like less of like less of a human being. And it's not even just like Kim Kardashian that's doing that. It's everything that's doing that. We're over-marketed to. Mm-hmm. Right? So I want to, like, my main goal is to generate this massive shift in thought and, and on how we consume media as a population. Like, teach kids how to, how to interact with media before they start consuming it. Mm-hmm. Know what to trigger an emotional response and what to just be like, okay, I can look at this. Because mm-hmm. I see from even, like, a lot of people that I know personally my age, they look at shit and they compare themselves and then they all, all, all of a sudden they lose interest in who they are. Yeah. And it's sad. And that's part of, that's also part of the mental health issue that we're dealing with too, is a lot of people don't have self-love or self-worth. So they, they're glued to these screens and it's like, oh, I want to do that. It's like, but you don't love that. It doesn't even embody who you are. You're out of alignment entirely. And now you're just creating this massive negative energy field that you're just going to walk through life with. Mm-hmm. and that's toxic like that causes all these issues and it's 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 weird because i've learned that through my own journey like i was developing all these defense mechanisms and ideologies and philosophies that just didn't work and that's why like when i started doing mushrooms like i thank my i thank god for my roommate like like literally again like my best friend he's like my little brother but um i thank god for him introducing me to mushrooms to be able to be like you know what like i can change my shit mm. Cause like I had an ego issue before. I was like, you know what? My shit doesn't stink. I'm not the problem. Everybody else is the problem. I did enough mushrooms to be like, holy shit, I have a problem and a half. Mm. So I had to start cutting away at the bullshit. I just got rid of a lot of philosophies and like started to recreate things as I went along. Like, does this work? No applications out the window. Get rid of that one. Mm. So I want to be able to teach other people to do that and help other people kind of like reinforce their what they truly believe in and get rid of the stuff that is kind of just been built up as a defense mechanism or something that they've tacked on because it's, it's what society thinks is cool. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think the conversation, it, it really needs to be started with like the new generations and, and kids and people under 15 to get them to realize that before you get into high school when shit really becomes a competition for popularity, like these are values and this is bullshit. Learn how to balance the two and understand that one is not more powerful, like one is less than the other. It's just you kind of have to reprioritize what you think is okay instead mm-hmm. of going with the crowd. Like the mob mentality is very, it's, especially now, it's easy to fucking jump into the mob. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to jump into the mob mentality. Everyone, it, misery loves company. You know what I mean? So I feel like people resort to negativity just because everyone else is negative. Yeah, it's easy, it's the standard, it's comfortable, you know, it's, it's an easy way to not take responsibility for your life, you know, it's it's, it's enabling, right? It's enabling yeah. of our destructive, you know, um, addictive patterns, whatever they may be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, you, can, you can justify anything with a negative response. It doesn't matter what it is. You can, I didn't want to go to work today. Well, I'm not feeling good, so fuck it, I'm not going to work. 
that can be multiplied across every single industry or aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just because it's so easy to think on like on a negative par- like paradigm that you for whatever reason like human beings are simple like that. Mm. I think it's because of how we are brought up. To be honest with you, like we aren't really taught basic met, uh, morals and ethics in, in school. It's just like, no, here's math, here's science, here's English, go. Here's religion, go. Mm-hmm. But there's no like, well, what does it mean to be a good human being? Yeah, yeah. The most important, the most foundational. Yeah, like what are just good never, habits to yeah. have as a human being? Like some of the books I've read in the last year, I'm just like, what the fuck? Why was I never taught this in school? Like, yeah, it's common sense, and I know about it, but I never, I've never applied it in this manner. Because I've never taught how to do this from someone who should have actually taught me this as an infant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, my parents should have as well. But at the same time, like my parents were struggling to pay the bills to raise us as kids. Now they're not. Now things have changed, and the shift is like we actually have a wicked family dynamic now. But mm. at the time when we were born, we were brought up. It wasn't. It wasn't the case because, like many families in our generation, they were struggling to pay the fucking bills. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to kind of develop these habits and, and insights and levels of intuition at a young age unless you were handed the right books and, and, and told to read the right information. But I went, I went to Catholic schools and both schools, I will say, blatantly blinded the shit out of everybody who went there. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I will never forget grade 10 sitting in my world religion class and my teacher was an ex-nun nazi of a woman she was man oh my god i remember saying that islam is the fastest growing world religion and it still is still fucking is Mm -hmm. she shot me down brought me to the fucking office and wanted to have me suspended for what i told what i said in class Mm. i'm like so what you want you you want to blow this massive conspiracy that catholicism is the fucking be all end all of life like shut up Mm. so on that point in grade 10 i realized like this is all a joke this is all a complete joke. Like every class I went to, every teacher had the same agenda. Mm. Brainwash the kids. Blind, like anytime you have a you have, want to have a conversation outside of the, the basic spectrum of what the curriculum is. Oh no 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 no! That's that's blasphemy. We can't talk about that. That's just a lie. Mm-hmm. And that's not just in high school. That's in elementary school too. That's with a lot of people. They just want to pretend like the realities of life don't exist because it's just like, no, we have, we have an agenda. We have to, we have to stick to this agenda. Like maybe the agenda needs to change. Yeah. Well, and it is. And <laughs> Thank it, God. And it, and it is. And, um, it's funny too, because I think most, for the most part, the people that are, you know, doing the sort of the foot soldiers of what we might call the, you know, negative agenda or whatever it is, mm-hmm. they're just traumatized people. Oh yeah. Right. They're in pain. They they found something that gives them some sense of hope or redemption or whatever it is. So Vigilance. that's the answer. Yeah. So that's the answer. And it's right for me. It must be right for everybody. Yep. Because if it's not, then they have to look within and you know start asking some big questions. And, and nobody wants to do that because the ego is always right. Mm-hmm. And that's what creates all these problems, right? So like, it's funny because the ego is the for me specific, like especially for me, not specifically because this is this is it's not it's pretty general across the board. Like the ego will, will dishevel any, anything that comes into the scope that it, it can't comprehend in two seconds flat. Mm-hmm. If you actually have to sit there and think about it, your ego nine times out of 10, if you haven't been able to like work around your ego and understand your ego, 
you're, you're going to push it off. So if it's something that, that you don't agree with, immediately you're just going to be like, no, I'm not going to look within, screw that, doesn't, it doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. So the argument still sits, it's like, okay, so what, are you right or are you just ignorant? You know what I mean? Because like, I used to be very ignorant. I was never right, I was just very ignorant. Like mm-hmm. I had, my argument in a certain way could be positioned as, as correct, but that was never, it was never the right argument to have. Like, my points were factual, but they weren't good points to have for the argument that I was trying to prove, mm. right? Like, it was just, it was all negative energy and, and negative argument. There was no, like, oh, but this is, like, actually a good thing here. It was just, no, this is all negative. And I, the ego will do that, too. It's like, you will sit in this negative conversation with yourself to say, like, no, that person is not right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. And then just, like, you sit there and you disagree with everybody. And... That's again that that comes into the mental health conversation too because a lot of people aren't learn aren't taught how to control their emotions. So if they, if they don't like being wrong, they're gonna find a way to be right, or they're mm-hmm. just gonna walk away and they're never gonna learn the lesson that they should have learned. Like for my from for myself especially, like I learned ten years of lessons last year. So that's why like I quitting my job was the best thing I ever did because I I actually was able to sit there digest and be like okay i was wrong a lot like there was a lot of stuff that i was saying that was just completely out of whack mm. a lot of a lot of behaviors and attitudes that i was holding on to that were just not okay or appropriate for any age group let alone a 27 year old so i think that the conversation has to start with like what the agenda needs to be and that's kind of why I want to stimulate the conversation for like emotional intelligence in the youth and teaching children how to kind of deal with what is good, what is bad on a moral and ethical and integrity standpoint and not on the social and political standpoint. Mm-hmm. Because the whole political and social conversation can be skewed left, right, up, down. It just depends on how good the person is instructing the class mm-hmm. right like you can have an amazing teacher and he can be a piece of shit but he can still be right because he's a piece of shit but it's he's portraying a very negative um approach to it so it's making people think that like it's okay to be that that way and to shovel everything under the floor yeah so like it, it's like for myself like i had a lot of negative teachers and negative mentors and negative like people that i looked up to that helped me create my negative attitude, my ability to be like to argue with people on stupid facts and points, and, and be so ignorant all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because like I don't know how I got this far without someone slapping me upside the head. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's not really socially acceptable, right? But that's the thing. You know, like, sometimes all a kid needs is one good smack. Oh, one quick and one. And they're back to their senses. Yeah. Right? And it's it's not like child abuse. It's 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 a form of love, right? Discipline and love, tough love. Yeah. It's not going to do them major harm. No, it's not. And that's I think that's another conversation we had too. Is like these kids get away with so much shit, and they're never tested. No. And then we, we have a generation of just weak disconnected uninformed humans that have never been you know tested whether it's martial arts or you know whatever it is physical fitness climbing a fucking mountain fasting for a few days whatever it is right all these real simple willpower not eating the candy for a week yeah it just it's true though it's it's really weird that like we're, we're enabling this generation to grow up to be babies 
like there's a mental health conversation happening now that is different from when we were growing up as kids. Well, I don't remember any conversation about it as a kid. There wasn't one. Yeah. There wasn't one. But if there were to be one, it would not be what it is today. Like, what's this gender X and everything going on? Like, mm. that's a mental health issue that we need to we need to attack. Like, that, the borderline of that is mental health. Like, okay, they're thinking a certain way. Why are they thinking this way? It's not, I'm not saying that this pattern of thought is wrong. But we need to understand it so that when they grow up as adults, we can actually interact with them without pissing them off mm-hmm. and causing a more political issue, right? Like, you're going to piss people off. But the whole thing is if people feel justified in, and vindicated in being able to pursue them in a judicial manner, then we're talking a different discussion. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, it's not an argument that we can walk away from at the end of the day. Like, you're getting a letter in the mail that you're being sued the next day. Mm-hmm. So that's also something that's coming up in the mail. It's like, mommy and daddy hit me. Now parents are in jail. What the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, my parents whooped my ass. Mm-hmm. I, you don't see me walking on the street kicking people's asses. Like, I learned a lesson, and I need to be taught that lesson. And, like, kids these days need to be taught a fucking lesson. I'm sorry, but you can't get away with running your mouth and then being right all the time. Where's your experience coming from? Mm-hmm. You download Steve Jobs' brain when you were born? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. So it's like the conversation around children needs to be drastically readdressed. Like, I look at my nieces and nephews and I'm like, I thank God for my brother's entire level of intelligence and insight to be able to raise them as good kids. Mm-hmm. But they're not like, they don't, they don't watch TV. Thank Christ. And they're like, nine is the, old, the oldest and four is the youngest. In that household, and he's got a thirteen-year-old now. Mm. But um, yeah, like they don't—they don't watch TV, which is great because it's like they've got other things going on. They've actually got hobbies and interests that don't revolve around like what they're gonna wear or the shit they're gonna buy at the mall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it reminds me. I got to spend a week with a couple up in North Michigan, and they had four kids from ten to five, and uh, completely homeschooled. Nice. Living in the woods, and like these are some of the most amazing kids I've ever met. They're so aware, so in tune. We taught them how to forge for like uh, chaga mushrooms and turkey tail and stuff, and they're making sick. tinctures and concoctions and just like lit up by it. Like so, so, so much capacity. And even their five-year-old, you know, uh, little girl can like cook for herself. She fires the oven up, cracks some eggs, like totally self-sufficient. Five years old. Then she goes and like makes beats on a fucking drum machine for a little while. Like it was next level. That's sick. And I love seeing those examples because it's like, okay, we're not all going in the wrong direction. Some people are making a course correction, have made course corrections. And it's like, okay, that's the glimmer of hope, right? (laughs) To, to, To get to some form of more functional, in tune, healthy, um humans that then hopefully we can have more of a community network structure yeah right because the way i'm seeing things now it's like and i am an optimist but in some ways i really think we're just going to have divergent populations and we're going to have people that are spending you know they're maintaining some connection to the natural world to natural fertility right they're not dependent on drugs and ivf and all that stuff yep and they're able to, you know, maintain healthy immune systems and just that connection, right? That human mm-hmm. connection, that earthly connection. Um, and they could almost become like a subspecies 
compared to people that are super plugged in, super phone all the time. Somewhat bionic. Yeah. And like, we're, we're going to see it happen like in our lifetime. They, they're already like, the funny thing is they're already showing that shift in films. Like you see it in iRobot with Will Smith wearing the converses, mm-hmm. trying to like distract himself from the whole technological revolution that he's been brought up into, but he's still got this bionic arm that he has to come into terms with. You see it in Looper with fucking what's his name, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's still driving the Miata, and everyone's got these like hover bikes and shit. Mm-hmm. You're always gonna have those people that pull out of that uh, revolutionary adjustment with people like, no, we gotta, we've gotta do this. Like this is how society has to move. So we're going to have that split where people are still in their flying cars and then people are still driving their dirt bikes in the fields and in the forests. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have that divide. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I just don't know how, I don't know the ratio to what is, you know what I mean? And that's the scary part because yeah, the technological advancements and everything like that, it's not a bad thing. It just needs to be done properly. Like this, a buddy of mine, he... Oh man, it was crazy. I haven't seen him in like three years. My, one of my best friends, he lives in San Francisco with his with his girlfriend, and uh, he is an architect and civil engineer. And um, he, he was telling me before he came here, he had a, a meeting with the fuck. What was this guy's designation? He worked for Uber. Mm. It had to do with autonomous flying cars. Yeah. That conversation is being had right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're talking about building the grids and the levels to which these cars are going to be using in space. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, this is actually a conversation now. Like, yeah, we always thought by 2010 we'd have our flying cars because of Back to the Future. But based off of how technology has advanced, it's like, no, we come to our own realities. Like, okay, it's going to be a while. But the conversation's happening now. Like, it's legitimately, like, people are spending time and money to have these conversations. So you know they're actually legitimately, like, they're tangible now. Mm-hmm. Like, Tesla's got automated trucks that are coming out next year. Like, hold on, what the fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is insane. So, like, things are changing. Like, that's that's iRobot to me. Like, that's the whole, like, mass shipping unit shit they're starting now. So, mm-hmm. It's just, to me, it, like, the conversation's changing so drastically with, like, what are we supposed to do as humans? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do we, do we, do we still do the quote-unquote hippie thing where we're sticking our feet in the dirt and grounding? Or do we plug into our phone the second we wake up and, and automatically know what's going on in the world? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, this is where the whole issue starts is, like, within the technological part, it's like, okay, we, we plug in, we figure it out. And then we have this immediate distraction where we're like glued to the things that we think so society wants us to be. And then off of that, we create these mental health issues and all this other shit and these instant gratification needs and wants and desires and, and all of these like insecurities. And then you've got the people similar to us that are kind of detached and they're more awake and kind of aware of what's going on and are able to discern what is and what isn't. And it scares me because there's not very many people having this conversation. Like you got people like Jim Carrey that are just like off the Richter scale, completely finally like, you guys got to wake the fuck up, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. But even Dave Chappelle is like, the the worst part about being woke is you got to act stupid 95% of the time. (laughs) 
Because everyone else is going to think you're fucked. Like, yeah. you can't walk around going, yeah, there's energy everywhere. Because people are going to think, you're fucking on drugs. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it's hard because there's this, that, that's also a massive divide between the two paradigms, right? Mm-hmm. It's this social judgment and insecurity built around like, okay, I'm going to look like a fucking nut job if I tell people about this. But this is like the reality of the situation. Like, I'm not the only person that feels like this. Mm-hmm. But it's like... Just look at how they voted in Trump and everyone who supports his bullshit. And like, I kind of, to be honest, I believe he had to happen to kind of shake things up a little bit. Oh, it's great! I'm, I, I celebrate. Yeah, I love it because I yeah. think it's hilarious. Because like, yeah. it, 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 like, it's all a joke, anyways. But he's now it's just clear. It, exactly now, it, now it, now it's very comical because it's like, okay, you guys are scripted to shit, and this mm-hmm. has been like, it, it's supposed to happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the paradigm shift is kind of just demanding that people are kind of waking up to the stupidity of the whole joke. Like, okay, guys, like, yeah, been toyed with for years. It's time to smarten up. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like nutrition and everything else like that. Like, I find the whole vegan thing hilarious. Like, I'm not gonna bash on being vegan because like, it's great for you, absolutely. But like, saying that meat is bad for you is a very big stretch. Like, it's a it's a stretch. Mm-hmm. Certain types of meat, yes, like the whole commercially farmed stuff where animals are beaten to death and slaughtered. Yeah, you're eating cortisol. I can, I can definitely <laughs> believe yeah. me. Like I've had, I've, I grew up on an organic food farm, so I've had mm-hmm. the difference between meat, and I know what my body is telling me when I've had shitty meat. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm, like I'm stressed out. Like my body's not taking it in. It's very acidic. It, it, it's hard to digest. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me that you're eating Kobe beef from Japan where they massage these animals while, while they're killing them. Mm. That, that you're going to receive the same level of acidity, stress, and, and, and nutritional defect, quote mm-hmm. unquote, from that meat. It's just the problem is because we're consuming on such a disgusting level that we've been brought to the shitty part of humanity doing these shitty jobs. And abusing their right as humans to take to do what they're supposed to be doing as people, like in in their industry. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to beat the shit out of an animal to put it down. You don't. Yeah. Like you, you can show compassion to an animal before killing it. Like it's not that difficult. Mm-hmm. But because people are sadistic and twisted as fuck, like you're gonna have that, right? Yeah. So. The and and the thing is, like I I don't believe that veganism is fully sustainable for the population we have on the planet. No, and neither do I. And I don't think it's sustainable for a lot of people just genetically. No, it's not. If I mean there's no there's no examples of, you know, generation after generation after generation of healthy reproducing humans that have done a fully vegan thing, right? Vegetarianism, yeah. Yeah. You can do that. But veganism is a lot harder. Right? Much, you much gotta harder. be really on point with your supplementation. Yeah. And depending where you live in the world, it's gonna make it easier or harder. So no, I'm with you on that one. I, I like that it's getting the awareness, right? Yeah, because it's educating people on proper food digestion. Yeah, and I but, think I feel like for a lot of people, it's a step, right? You get a lot of people who go vegan, they become vegan, like mm-hmm. identified as vegan. Yeah, just another ego trip. Yep. But absolutely. then after a few years, you know, they might have some health problems, and they start getting a little bit more open, and then oh, you know, I'll have I'll try a piece of fish. I feel amazing. Yeah. That was like a God, you know, I just saw God through that piece of salmon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, things change. But, uh, yeah, to, to, to accept where people are and what's going on, I find real challenging sometimes. And I think it's hard. if I actually 
know and believe that the universe is this perfect love driven you know expression <laughs> then it's all perfect <laughs> but then how to you know to actually uh in my human form day to day day to day you know re remember that and yeah and that. accept that's it true. yeah it's that's the practice so yeah it's a it's a little bit harder yeah like it goes both ways though like I, i've seen vegans go on meat bashing rants that last months and shit like that you know what i mean so like it goes both ways mm -hmm. humans can just be very shitty people like we, we're, we're a weird we're a very yeah. destructive organism well yeah well and then at the end of the day life eats life yeah and, and what, who's to say that you know a cricket versus a kale plant versus a mango versus a goat versus a cow it's all life it's all just life forms yeah. right and i think it's the intent that to me is the most important right and quality getting the whole quality conversation out there yeah absolutely distinguish, right which is hard when people are you know not operating at their full capacity it's also difficult too economically because it's not cheap to eat grass-fed grain-fed it's not the easiest thing to do mm -hmm. financially it's it, it is kind of hard like I've, I've been very blessed and I'm very grateful for the fact that my family has amazing avenues to get their hands on good meat and fresh and fresh fish and everything like that but mm -hmm. that imposes an issue and this is this again comes back to like the whole thing of proper marketing and, and actual honesty within these companies like if you're fucking lying to these people about what you should be eating daily as well like the whole three thousand calorie a day thing intake like for people above a certain weight no mm. like the whole what is it what are they saying it's like 2400 calories a day for a functioning adult I think it's like the average, yeah, 24, 22, something like that. I take in like 18 on a regular day. Mm. I'm 185 pounds. I'm not losing weight doing that. That is sustainable for me. Mm -hmm. So where's the other four to 600 calories coming from? Mm. You know what I mean? Like that to me just seems like excess. Well, it makes sense, right? You got the dairy board pushing their products. You got the grain The poultry board. You got all them. Yeah. Everything's hormone fed. All this crap. Yeah. And that's what caused, like, you get, that's why people are like, why are these kids so big these days? Well, because they're eating chicken with more testosterone than the people, than the shit people are sticking in their ass. Like, I, I know bodybuilders that are using tests and all that shit. Like, yeah, that's cool. But, like, there's just as much in the chicken that we're eating. And if you want to lie to me, that you want to tell me that I'm lying, that's cool. But, like, I know the farmers that are injecting these animals. Mm. Again, my father works in the industry. Like, I've seen this shit. Mm. I've heard the stories. I know what's going on. Like he works in a corporate environment, so I, I know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So that's why I've been very lucky to be able to see that on the other side too. And like when I build my campaign, like proper information on food is going to be a big part of it as well. Because like people have been lied to a, a lot, and it's like there's some things that like you can take for what what it is, or you can you can actually do the research and and figure it out for yourself. But the information's out there. It's not that difficult to find. Google's a, a massive tool and it's free. You can't tell me that you can't find the information. Like, I know people that have taught themselves calculus and, and advanced functions because of Google. So I know for a fact that like you can you can find this information. It's not that hard. Mm -hmm. It's just if people are not willing to read past the headlines anymore. Veganism's great for you. Cool. The whole argue, the whole doc or the whole uh, article could be completely in opposition to the, the headline. Yeah, and you can just be passing yeah. that around on Facebook like it's like it's news, and then the second someone actually reads it and goes, "You're an idiot," you know what I mean? And that's kind of what's happening right now. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people have been shoveled all this information that they've taken for gold, 
but no one's looking at the market. They're just accepting the fact that they've got gold in their pocket when it's fake. Yeah, well, that's why I love I love that you know that the technology is enabling this. It's like a, just the quickening of sort of information cycles. Yeah. Right. So whereas in the past it'd be newspapers and people just speaking on street corners or whatever to share information, mm-hmm. now it's 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 there. It's fast, and you can cross reference it amongst like five other sources and like see oh what does this expert in the field say? What is this expert? And come to some sort of balanced opinion. Oh yeah. Right. Which I love, but I want to draw back to a couple things that we said earlier that I didn't want to interrupt the flow because I just you know it was great. Mm-hmm. But the thing about permission. Right, giving people permission, giving yourself permission, primarily as the as the entry point into this new way of being, into this new level of of healing, right? And how yeah. so often people they they don't ever do that. See, that's the thing. Like a lot of people, uh, I think it's I think it's kind of like a societal norm nowadays. Like you're just supposed to push, like not cry about it kind of comes down to the whole alpha male thing how men are not allowed to cry who the fuck said that mm. you know what i mean like if you if you're dealing with something give yourself permission to deal with it properly not just be like yeah i'm stressed out and then so what you're gonna allow that stress to continue in the next year next in the next 10 years deal with the stress unless you're just saying you're stressed out because you like the attention of being like, of, of having people wonder what's going on in your life. Like we've also got that conversation too, but that's not the conversation we're having right now. Like you, if you actually are dealing with something and you go home and cry, like I, I leave the gym nine times out of 10, I walk into two or three people that are bawling their fucking eyes around the street mm. and they're carrying it confidently, but you know, they're fucking dealing with something and they're struggling. Okay, so tell your boss or tell whoever the fuck controls your life and your thought processes that you need a day off. Give yourself the permission to say, you know what, I deserve the day off to deal with whatever the fuck is going on and distracting me to the point where I'm actually crumbling in society, like mm. in public. And like, that's the thing, man. Like the day that I ended up in the hospital, I was on the streetcar on my way into work and I was like passing out. Like I was just like leaning into people and I was like, whoa, this is not me. And I, I felt like I had, I had to eat, but I had eaten, I didn't sleep that night. And like I had eaten pretty much all night until I had passed out. So I was like, I'm not putting more shit in my body. So I didn't give myself that, the, the room to kind of recover. But I walked in and was like, no, this is not right. And like, I was passing out, like mm-hmm. literally like about to like crash on, on the streetcar, just completely blacked out. I didn't give myself the permission to deal with it properly. Be like, you know what? This is completely out of the realm of what I've, what I've ever dealt with. Like gone fully full pins and needles. Maybe I should go to the hospital. It didn't mm-hmm. take one of my favorite coworkers that I used to work with to go like, you're fucking pale as a ghost. Maybe you should go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then I took a cab there and they do the whole check and I'm like, holy shit. And then the funny thing was I was, I, I didn't want to give myself permission. I ended up there again in January after the Christmas holidays. And then that's when I was put on sabbatical. Mm. It wasn't until I was put on sabbatical by my company that I gave myself permission to be like, you know what? You need fucking help. And that's the problem is people don't realize until it's almost too late. Like I was there the second time for cardiac issues. Like 
two times in less than six months that's not cool and i'm under 30 years old like what the fuck's going on Wes? Mm. right and a lot of people aren't willing to be like you know what i need fucking help i need help right mm. now and it, it, they don't want to admit it because everyone has to be strong everyone's got to be the alpha male everyone's got to be the fucking egomaniac everyone's mm. got to be super tough and that's the funny thing that's why now i love breaking the conversation of like the whole alpha male not being able to cry thing People look at me like I'm covered in tattoos. I'm 180 pounds. I'm relatively a big guy. Like people think I'm a big guy. My friends are always like, holy shit, you're huge. I'm like, that's not even the part that I'm trying to say. It's just like, now that people look at me that way, I'll break out in tears in front of somebody. Mm. Watch their facial reaction. You're just like, what the fuck? I love it. I love it because they're expecting me to be this big, tough, tough, macho guy because I'm covered in tattoos. Nope. I'm a big fucking softie, man. My spirit animal is the panda. Like I'm a Mm. big baby. And when I need to get it out, I get it out. I'm not going to hold on to it. Lightning in a bottle, man. You want to watch me explode? That's not good because my anger will take over in that situation. Mm. And I, I know how that comes out. Right? I know myself well enough now to know that if I hold on to shit like that long enough, it turns into anger from sadness. And then that's when you get these explosions of people too. Like, If you don't permit yourself to like get it out properly, fist fights happen when you're drunk at a, at a bar with your friends trying to talk about it and it doesn't come out properly. Like, I've seen that shit play out too. Mm -hmm. If you don't allow yourself to heal, you're not going to heal properly. It's the same thing with the gym. Like I've been stubborn as fuck some days. Don't, I don't take a rest day when I need it and then go in the next day and hurt myself. It's the same concept. Mm -hmm. Your brain needs just as much rest as your body Mm -hmm. and your soul needs just as much rest as everything else. And if you're not willing to give your attention to your soul, brain, and body, then you're not going to be able to like fully move forwards in your absolute best. And that's kind of, that's why my business is called mind, body, heart. I'm just taking the E out of heart because my last name is Van Hart. Yeah. It takes everything into, it takes everything into the, into account. Like check your brain, check your heart, check your body, make sure everything is working. And at least they don't have to be a hundred percent because you're not going to be a hundred percent every day. But make sure the levels are even, as even as they can be. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to have issues in one part of your life or another, and it's going to cascade into this big snowball effect of bullshit. Yeah, and it's way easier to correct an issue before you hit the breaking point. Oh, right? absolutely. Way easier to avert crisis than to try and rebuild after, right? Mm-hmm. It's Which, like breaking a bone. Yeah, exactly. Um, and no, you just sharing that just reminds me of one of my... Uh, favorite mentors out there, Elliot Hulse. Yep. And his whole thing on tender aggression, right? Mm-hmm. And being a fully embodied, dynamic human. And being able to throw weights around, being able to crush it in business, being able to break down and cry and just let that, that primordial rage out of yourselves. Oh, yeah. As just a form of medicine, a form of release, right? Healing, man. It's, yeah. Talk to anybody who's, who cries and loves how they feel after a cry lighter they'll all tell you yeah you feel like you, you feel like this you feel the same you do as, as after you've had sex the release of oxytocin boom your body's just like ah we can relax now mm-hmm. and people don't realize that it's the same chemical that comes out when you cry when you have sex when you when you're cuddling with somebody you care about mm-hmm. when you see somebody you care about the same react it's the same chemical reaction mm-hmm. you need to learn how to harness every aspect of how that chemical can be released because if you're dealing with something in a different manner where you can't have sex or you can't cuddle with somebody, if you can cry it out, you won't get the same level, but you will get the same effect. Mm-hmm. And it will help you calm down. It will help you prioritize and, and compartmentalize your emotions. 
and then you can move forwards in the best possible way. Like I love sleeping on it now. Mm. If I have something that doesn't need to be addressed in 12 to 24 hours, I'll sleep on it. And I've learned that again from my roommate. Like he taught me that too, like sleep on it. Mm. And like, again, like I've known that for years, been told that by everybody for years, but it took living with somebody who has beat the hell out of me with it to use it and practice it to realize how beneficial it is. Like, Everyone wants to react immediately because, again, it's that social, it's that immediate gratification Instinct. response, right? Yeah. Urgency. It, yeah. Sense of urgency all the time. But there's not really that level of urgency. Move up to the woods. Where do you, is the level of urgency the same? No. Okay. So why do you think it's like that down here? It's just because you've already got shit moving around. You're overstimulated to, what is it? We see something like 50,000 or 500,000 uh, advertisements a day, something like that. And we something only crazy. respond to like 1.5% of them. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck? Like that, your brain can't keep up with all the shit that's going on. So that's why you think that you have to be urgent all the time. You've got so much shit going on around you. Well, and you're in fight or flight, right? You're sympathetic. Always. And it's just this, that running everything. Always right? in fight or flight. Yeah. And it's just like, again, that's what something that people are taught to deal with. Yeah. I mean, you learn about it if you take biology. Yeah. You learn it's a thing, but then it's not like, okay, now let's stop and do some deep breathing for a little while. And you'll feel what this is like. And that's the right? thing. Like so simple. How do we address that as people? Like you can understand it you can, to the point where you can teach other people about it, but do you actually know how to deal with it? That's the problem. A lot of people don't. Okay. And like you need to be more proactive than reactive in those situations. Instead of instead of like it's kind of like being scared by somebody. Like it's the immediate like whoa. It's it, instead of doing that, digest what just happened. And then give yourself some time to think of what the most appropriate action to take is. But people are faced with all this adversity and all these like ridiculous little things that set them off so quickly. But they develop these bad habits and bad behaviors that carry through to the rest of their life. And then they become these shit people. Mm. But they're not actually shit people. They just developed shit habits that have created this bad energy field where they just are always like victimized. And like, why me? Mm-hmm. It's just because you weren't taught how to deal with the situation properly. Like, you're not supposed to act first. Think about it, then act. If you, unless, unless like, it's not like you're in a car accident where you need to think about it immediately. Like, take, give yourself some time with everything. Heal when you mm-hmm. need it. You know what I mean? Like, eat when you need to eat. And don't feel guilty about eating something that is out of your, like, caloric range if it makes you feel good. Yeah, and like, your perfect diet. Yeah, like, yeah. I, man, I can tell you from being there. From being 310 pounds to being 180 and like having having abs in my life, like something that I work towards, honestly, man, like once you get to a level of like personal love and personal happiness, if you're not physically in the scope of like being a strain on yourself in the healthcare system kind of thing, like where you're always in, in the doctors because you're overweight or dealing with shit like that, enjoy the food you're eating and the company that you're eating it with. Mm. stop focusing on the oh but this is going to be like 2,000 calories over my daily limit now I've got to fast tomorrow then fucking fast tomorrow Mm. like shut up if you really want the body then keep it if you don't then shut up like Mm. why are you creating this level of stress that you feel is going to benefit you it's not you're stressing out about something that you obviously care way too much about or don't care enough about yeah and the stress over the food thing is worse than the actual stress of the food Right, it's like oh, absolutely. You, you eat a, a whole pizza with love in your heart, and you're surrounded by your best friends. You wake up tomorrow morning, you'll be like a little watery, a little bloated. Okay, yeah. go to the gym, run it off, you'll be fine. Right? Yeah, it's it's Something not like you're eating little... pizza every day. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people need to realize that like a an unhealthy choice is okay. It's the unhealthy habits that aren't. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I was thinking, of, I, I meditate in the sauna. I love the sauna. It's like my best friend these days. I'll spend 45 minutes in the sauna and I'll crank that bastard to 120. Like, I will sit in there and sweat. Mm. And I'll bring my phone in too and listen to music. And like, everyone in my gym knows me now because like, I, I'm in there with music for like an hour. Mm. But I came to this like weird, like, fucking little thought the other day like it's not the negative thought that's the problem it's the amount of time you spend on that negative thought Dumb. everybody's got negative thoughts everybody has them how are you gonna how are you gonna know what's positive if you don't have a negative thought yeah like it it, it it actually is that simple think about that if you are always positive how are you gonna know what's negative you can obviously discern between what is and isn't but like are you ever gonna allow yourself to have a negative thought mm-hmm. you should so then you can counteract it with the positive and be like, no, I actually am a positive person. Instead of looping yourself into constant positivity and being naive and ignorant of the fact that negativity does exist. Yeah, and it's the duality of everything, right? Yeah, they have to and, coexist. And the contrast, yeah, the contrast is what gives life meaning. And Absolutely. And like enjoyment. And yeah, it's, uh, it's all too easy to get addicted to one side. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like the whole positivity, like push the whole movement is great i love it but people are so positive where they're saying shit that they don't even mean yeah it's fake positivity yeah right? like oh live light and prosper brother like i've received texts like that and i'm like all right you're trying way too hard like my shaman doesn't even talk like this like <laughs> you need to calm down yeah right and like i know these people like you're not really that positive because we've had conversations where you're like flipping the shit and it's mm-hmm. like you're just saying this to come off and kind of like stir the the power of, of, uh, of action, like actually saying it out of the world, be honest with yourself, show integrity. Don't be lying to yourself subconsciously. You know what I mean? Like it's the whole, like people it, being out of integrity is okay. Catch yourself though. If you can catch yourself and be like, I'm out of integrity. Fantastic. But if you're going to move on in your life and not, never catch yourself out of integrity, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the same with the negative thought thing. Like, Allow yourself to have it. Just catch yourself. But if you're going to continue to allow yourself to fall, you're going to fall into that victimization mindset where everyone likes to sit. And it's... With everything going on in the world right now, especially with like the political structure, the banking structure, with this whole crypto introduction, you're going to have to learn how to deal with chaos. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sh- Everything's popping off right now. Everything's going seemingly nuts quote unquote but it's not it's just it's a change it's a transition and until you learn that transition is going to continue to happen in life and the cycle of nature and everything else you're going to continue to be frantic and be like holy shit there's change coming oh my god i can't handle it but like this is just how life is you don't stay like if, if, if you i had this conversation with my roommate the other day like if you're on the if you're on a tier of consciousness and awareness and ego where you are able to coach other people don't think for one second that you've finished your, your conclusion in life. You're going to have to break through another tier where you're going to be the worm and you're going to have to grow into the butterfly again. Like it doesn't just fucking start where you like, you can't just finish, mm-hmm. especially in our twenties. Like there's no way, like I had, I had to tell him like you hit a plateau. Great. Fantastic. You reach level of awareness. It's amazing. Now you're the worm again. So cross with the shit, figure out what's what deal with it. Test your morality, test your ethics, your philosophies, your beliefs. And then come to another plateau where you can coach another mm-hmm. level of person. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way life is. You're never going to be the top of the food chain. 
Yeah, there's no arriving. No. There's no ultimate arrival. No. It's sometimes people think it's depressing, but I think it's amazing. Because it's like, this, this just keeps going. Yeah, it's it constant change. Going. Yeah. It's constant change. And like, I used to think like, oh, I'm so glad to be done school. The only reason why I was glad to be done school is because I could teach myself what I wanted to learn. It wasn't like, I wasn't being fed a curriculum. It's like, fuck, I get this. Why do we have seven lessons on this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, I can teach myself what I do and don't want now. Yeah, you're not done learning. You're no, just, you're just you know, done being fed bullshit. Essentially, what thing what's being done in school was like, mm-hmm. not having so much of your time constricted and scheduled. Yeah, and having to go to one place to learn. I can learn in my room. I can read on my phone on the bus when I'm going to wherever I need to be. Right, like mm-hmm. learning doesn't stop. And so, why would you ever think that you're going to be like? Do you think Tony Robbins and Richard Branson and, and Gary Vaynerchuk and all these guys stopped? Richard Branson has like ten coaches. Mm. I always use him as an example. If he has 10 coaches, what the fuck makes you think that you don't need at least one? Or mentor, or idol, or someone that you look up to that gives you some direction in life. Like, who the hell are you to be that entitled to believe that you're the fucking be-all, end-all, and you can just stop here? Mm-hmm. Like, congratulations. I wish I, I wish I thought on that level, but, like, at the same time, I don't because I don't yeah. want to stop. Like, yeah, I, I'm not comfortable stopping. The second I stop, I get complacent and I'm bored and I lose passion. I lose interest. Then I feel like I've lost direction. Yeah. But if I'm constantly moving, constantly transcending and growing and and adapting, adapting, yeah, and evolving, you start to realize like, okay, my purpose is not just stuck in one paradigm here. I can can blow this up into into several things. I can I can affect people in different areas of life. And then Mm -hmm. it was getting out of the film industry to make me finally realize that I wanted to help people because people were always like, man, you've dealt with suicide for years. Like, what the fuck? Why don't you become a coach? My butt one buddy told me that. I'm like, what the hell? Like, you actually think I could teach somebody? He's like, yeah, if you stop with the ego bullshit and get your head out of your ass, maybe. Mm. And that was when I kind of had to realize, I'm like, okay, I'm, I can be a coach, but I'm not a coach right now. Okay, cool. So I have to work on something. All right, here's a direction, right? And that was like laying the bricks. And then getting the mortar and everything else ready was cool because it was like, all right, like I had a bunch of other things test my faith and challenge me. And I was like, you know what? I do want to be a coach. Mm. So I picked up a student and I picked up another student. I had two students last year and I want to pick up another two this year. And then I want to pick up some clients this year too that I can train on any really level that they want. So that's why I'm doing this free trial to kind of build my platform to get three separate clients so I can see the scope of what my clientele will be. Mm -hmm. And then build off of them right mm-hmm. so it's it's been cool to come to realize that like all these things are tied into one massive big like web of life being able to give myself permission and then realize that through the permission i had all this stuff that i had to kind of address mm-hmm. and realize and come to terms with it's really cool and then like coming to terms with smoke with like when with the whole like smoking weed thing i smoked weed since i was like 13 so it was my accident mm-hmm. And I never realized why, but it actually, it helped my PTSD and my depression and my anxiety and my pain mm-hmm. and everything else, right? So it's now cool to, to see how I can apply medical marijuana into my life mm-hmm. without having to appear as a stoner or degenerate on some sort of level. You know what I mean? Like, I can actually talk about marijuana in public now to people on a professional level, not just a recreational level, mm-hmm. which is amazing because for me, it, it's beneficial because some of my clients... Smoke a lot of weed, yes, and 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 smoke uh, concentrates and deal with the tinctures and and, the, and everything else, right? So, 
it, it, the conversation is now expanding so drastically in so many different areas. It's given me a lot of hope because I can be like, holy shit, I have all this information that I can just dump on people now. So it's uh, it's been it's been awesome, man. Like this last year has been really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And from the conversations that we've had, it's it's like it's just it's just fun to see another brother on the path, right? Another. I really conceptualize it as, and it's what this podcast is about, right? Part of the little intro blurb that I have is, is a birth of a global tribe, right? And I really do see that. And it's this need for mentorship and for connection and for community that is at the, so the root of so many of these you know, issues we spoke about. That when you have humans that are feeling seen and heard and, and, and can trust one another, and can you know feed themselves and can maintain some sort of balance within this crazy environment that we've woken up inside of that um that yeah that all these things just become tools right? yeah and it's just how, how many tools can you get in your toolkit and, and hone them and develop them and share them and empower others with those same tools and then they can do the same thing it becomes this viral spreading of like healthy connected people Absolutely. Like the only world I want to live in, you know, if I take my, like, look 50 years down the road, I want to have a lot of these people around. Or I'll have my own little, like, commune someplace. You know, little <laughs> Costa Rica just off the, yeah, 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 off the yeah. grid. And that'll probably happen too, right? And I think we need those, right? We need those social media and technology detoxes. Oh, absolutely. Right? And oh, they're man. becoming more and more popular, which is another thing that I celebrate. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the shift into, into people being able to share has been my favorite part of last year. Mm. Like, now, and it, it's through me being able to share that's made, that's made me so happy about it because I've had so many people come to me and go, holy shit, man, like, thank you for that because now I can actually talk about it and feel like it's okay. I'm like, it's always okay to talk about it. If you don't, if you don't talk about it and you end up committing suicide one day, how the fuck did we know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we could have helped. And I, I know... It, I hate that I hate when people say I've lost somebody to suicide because it, it kind of sounds like you had ownership over the person if you lost them like did mm. you ever have them to begin with mm. people take their lives for their own reasons you're not going to sway someone if they don't talk about it mm. you have to kind of allow people to get it off their chest so that you can give them insight into into what they're feeling and why, mm-hmm. not tell them that what they're feeling is wrong. Yeah. The second you tell someone what they're feeling is wrong, they start to fight you on it, and mm-hmm. that's when people shut up. Mm-hmm. Because you you're not allowed to say like for myself example for my uh, example for myself like you're not allowed to tell me that I'm not in pain. You know what I mean? Like I it's just like well I am in pain right now. What, am I, what do you want me to do? Like turn the receptor off my brain? Like I'm mm. not Wim Hof. I can't just like turn that one off. But it's the same thing with everybody else. You can't tell them how to feel. You can tell them how to look at their feelings though. Offer perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of where the conversation has to, has to be shifted. It's not like you shouldn't be feeling that way. It's like, I understand you're feeling this way. Now kind of, take a shifted perspective on this and look at it this way. Now, do you think that you're feeling this way, this way because of this? Now, if you readdress this, do you think that this would not happen? And that's all it really is. It's like start from the top and go to the bottom. Like 
work it backwards. A lot of people just want to shut the conversation off like that. It's like, okay, then why did you even want to talk to this person to begin with? So you could, so you could hear yourself talk. Mm. Cause that's what it seems like a lot to me is a lot of people have this mental health conversation to hear themselves talk. They can be, oh, I'm doing my part. Yeah. I'm a contributing, you know, good person. Yeah, but it's like with my big, my heaviest client, like he's he's gone through a lot, and I'm not at liberty to say what he's dealing with, but like he deals with a lot, and I let him, I let him just dump on me, like my phone. Some days is like, it takes me. I actually have to open up my messenger on my laptop to read his texts because they're so long. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you need to let the person get everything out before you give your piece. Because if you cut them off, you're going to redirect their train of thought and it's going to fuck with them entirely. Mm. The whole thing is being able to listen and and spend the time listening to that person. If they're struggling, guess what? You don't have any plans this afternoon anymore. Like if you really want, if you really care about this person, you don't have plans this, this afternoon. If you have to go into work, tell the person you're talking to, I have to go into work. But you know what? Text me all this shit because I'll talk to you when I finish I finish work. Mm-hmm. You really care? You'll tell that person that. And it, it, it just comes to the point, like, do you have the time to spend on someone who's suffering? And it, it's not... Like, well, will you make it? Will you is make it a priority? It? Yeah, is it a priority? And, like, this is where it comes down to, like, do you love that person enough to take the time? And, like, you're, you're not supposed to take the time for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, like, d- don't take that the wrong way. But, like, if you take the time for everybody, where's the time for you? You're going to drop dead. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't fill everybody else's gas tank up. How are you going to drive home? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you pick and choose your battles. Like, the people that really matter the most to you, if you see them suffering, start the conversation. I see you've been down a couple days. What's going on? You okay? Do you want to talk about it? How can I help? Simple. Mm-hmm. Those, like, four or five questions, boom, done. That's all you have to ask. Sit there and just listen. And that changes everything. It really, like, you can change someone's whole month just by opening up the conversation like that. Like, I had a buddy of mine call me. He ran over his dog in October. Mm. And I haven't heard from him in almost six months. I literally haven't heard from him in almost six months. I I, I, I figured just because he had a dog, like, he had his priorities changed, his responsibilities changed, like, he got distracted. Mm. He couldn't come to terms with the fact that he killed his own dog. It wasn't his fault. Like she jumped out of this truck window and, and he tried to stop in time, caught her with the back. Right? Mm. That happens. That that just happens. It feels like the university the universe was just trying to teach him a lesson. Mm-hmm. And not it's not to like close the window on your dog, but like you got an emotional lesson that you have to learn here. Mm-hmm. Right? Like something about sharing something is going on here. He finally spoke up a couple weeks ago and like I was just like, "What's going on, man?" And it was like I was in the middle of doing work and shit, and I cut off the forty minutes to hear him talk, and boom, he's been in. A, he actually messaged me on Monday, like saying how how awesome it was to fucking go to work happy because mm. he had gotten it all off his chest. And it's literally that fucking simple. It it is that simple. Forty five mm. minutes can change someone's entire month. And then like. Right. Exactly. It the trajectory from there is, is is you can't. It's exponential. So, it really comes down bare bones. This whole this whole like podcast is just like to open up the lines of communication to be able to share anything, mm-hmm. whatever's going on. If it's of interest or of importance, 
fucking share it. Don't hold it in because you create levels of jealousy, regret, just like you, you become someone that you're not. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it, it just, the more you hold on to pain and everything else, it just becomes a problem. And that's why I, I feel like when I really get my business launching, I'm going to be able, I'm going to, I'm going to lose a lot of people on my Facebook and Instagram because there's going to be a lot of people that, that think they know me, quote unquote, because the old me has been a very, it's been a night and day transition kind of thing. But the people that will need to see it will come into my life and it will be one of those things. And I'm very excited for that because I, I, I remember making this post last year about this time. If I can change, if I can prevent one person from, from committing suicide, then my life's work is done. Mm. Just one person. And I did that last year. So my goal this year is two. Right. So it's, it's just one of those, like I, I don't live to serve, but I love serving other people because it helps me figure out like, okay, I was put here for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it gives me purpose. Mm-hmm. So it makes me much happier to help other people. And it's just, it, being able to share is going to be able to, is going to open up the world for that for me. And that's like, the, this is what people kind of need to realize now is like, it's not all about like, everyone has insecurities. Everybody has them. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man, everybody's, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, I don't give a shit who you are, how perfect you think you are. Everybody has insecurities. Mm-hmm. The more you hide them, the more insecure you become. Simple as that. Like, if you want to share something, get some insecurity off your back, feel a little less stressed out, 40 minutes is all it takes. Mm-hmm. Like, minimum. Min- no, I'd say max, really. Like, max 40-minute conversation when, when you're not, like, repeating yourself over and over again. Which does happen with those types of things. Yeah. So yeah, clear the slate and then, you know, yeah. free yourself from it. Liberate yourself from Absolutely. the weight of that stuff. Yeah. Like, give yourself the permission to just dump on someone who's willing to help. Mm-hmm. And don't feel guilty. Or if you don't have that, just into a journal even. Right? Yeah. Oh, man. I started writing this year and it's been fucking phenomenal. I love it. Like, every day I, I at least spend 20, 30 minutes writing and, like... I, I'm now getting into like creative writing again, which again is another massive tap into like your brain power and your ability to like conceive and, and, and mm-hmm. do things and act. You know what I mean? Like creativity is massive and I never, I never facilitated it. I'm now realizing like how important it actually is. So yeah. writing is a massive tool for people who want to like help get shit out of their head. And the whole, the whole burn thing is amazing too write it and burn it mm. write it and burn it if you got a problem write it and fucking burn it and burn it publicly videotape that shit mm. do a facebook or instagram live video just like yeah i'm burning some shit right now just make it a joke <laughs> it's quick yeah you know what i mean like make it fun because that way you can actually enjoy life a little bit more and that's the whole point you're not supposed to go wake up every day like oh it's not like yesterday i'm gonna be miserable again mm-hmm. why do you want to live like that why does anybody want to live like and sometimes we fall into patterns like that because we just are a little blinded by what's going on right now. Because, like, we, again, we haven't given ourselves time. Time, space, support. Yeah. All those things. Man, we could talk for hours. Absolutely. And, uh, we'll have to do a round two at some point. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd love to do a round two more about, like, training and, uh, you know, performance enhancement and all that stuff absolutely um because i know there's a whole lot that's another sector where we can spend another hour talking for sure and we will we will at one point but um two quick questions i'd like to to close with 
what is something that you either are currently um, or have recently let go of? Recently let go of. Or are intending to let go of moving forward. Either or. Um, the notion that even your best relationships are going to last forever. Because once you are able to free yourself of the people that you love, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but I'm saying this in like a very spiritual and like an enlightening way. If you're able to free yourself of the people that you love as if like, if you were given an opportunity to move across the world tomorrow, would you do it? And your only restriction is the people here. You're, you are hurting yourself by not taking that, that mm. opportunity. So what I guess I'm, I guess what I'm saying is if you are able to relinquish that level of control around the people that you love, that you have to have them close to you to love them, you will be so much happier because you will open up so much more experience into your life. The second I realized that I'm not going to have all these people at fingers grasped forever, I was able to be like, you know what? There's so much opportunity I have. I'm not just going to be stuck here. Mm. It's opened up my my brain and, and my mind into thinking that I can actually leave Toronto relatively soon and do exactly what I need to start doing, which has made me more happy, much happier because it's changed my goals and my ability to plan for the future. So relinquish control on the ones that you love mm. in a good way and spiritual way so that you don't have to be so close to them to love them and you will actually be happier for it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a very profound thought. Yeah. <laughs> it was intense to come to that. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of spending Christmas in the Peruvian Amazon. Holy shit. And, uh, yeah, that's that was my experience of that sort of a concept. Holy shit. Very freeing. Very freeing to realize that life goes on. Life goes on. I'm good. It's like, you know. Yeah. It was, I think it was, honestly, I think it was harder for my family. To be oh. at home doing family Christmas and I'm off in the jungle, you know? Because <laughs> you're probably, what the hell is he up to right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was hanging out with the local villagers, serving hot chocolate, eating, you know, little buns from the town. That's amazing. It was fun. That's but, sweet. But yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great, uh, a great feast to, to intend on. And yeah, just to come to. Awesome. Okay, and the last, top three um, so, you know, people are listening at this point, they've gone through, clearly there's something about this that's, that's intriguing them, mm-hmm. right? About your story, about what you're sharing, whatever it is, it's intriguing them. What might be three resources, books, movies, documentaries, teachers, teachings, okay. that you might offer for someone um, who wants to dive deeper or that have just been really, you know, profoundly impacting your life? I'll try to, okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you an author to check out. His name's Daniel Chidiak. Or, yeah, Daniel Chidiak. He's, he wrote a book uh, called Who Says You Can't, You Do. Um, just his story, actually, very similar to a lot of people's stories, but it was the way he shared it was brilliant. His book's unreal. Mm. Um, recommend that book, 110%. Joe Rogan's podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. If you're not on it, get the fuck on it right now. Mm. Um, so much stuff. And the third will be a tool to use. If you haven't yet and are not allergic to penicillin, magic mushrooms. Mm. And do them with someone who has done them before and can guide you through the feelings, emotions, thoughts, and instinctual actions that mushrooms can bring out. Mm-hmm. 
because that is a they're a fantastic tool and they're a lot of fun if used properly yeah amazing amazing growth enhancing awareness expanding oh yeah uh yeah yeah i can vouch for that they don't taste the greatest but you just gotta get past that well come to me and i'll help you i'll teach you how to make them taste better there you go there you go go to brian yeah (laughs) but um man thank you absolutely man thank you this is awesome i can't wait to do this one again this is sweet this has been a blast absolutely this has been a blast i just want to take a second and just you know appreciate the journey you're on thank you and the full i i can just feel it i can feel how real it is and how much how committed you are to it and that it's yeah it's not about ego it's not about bullshit it's not about looking good it's just about being human and helping people and feeling better yeah yeah i want everyone else to be as confident as humanly possible without implicating anyone else's lifestyle way of living or Mm. feelings or emotions or anything like that like be the most loving person you can to yourself and it will it will just emanate through you it will change how you function on a day-to-day, how you, how you interact with people, and, and, and it will even change your routine. Mm. Neuro, uh, neural rewiring, man. It's the way to do it. It really is the way to do it. And like people need to kind of teach themselves that it, there are things that we are taught by our parents and teachers when we were brought up that are not necessarily good habits. Mm-hmm. They are taught in love sometimes, yes, absolutely, but that doesn't mean that they're good habits. And you kind of have to learn how to relinquish those, even if they are nostalgic and bring back memories and stuff like that. Just take them for the lessons they taught you and move forward. Exactly. Have gratitude for what brought you to here. Yeah. And then let it go and on to the next. Absolutely. Yeah. Drop what no longer serves you. Just Mm -hmm. get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you've been listening, thank you for that. Thank you for your attention. You know, if this if this is hitting hitting home, then share it. You know, share it, comment, like. You know, keep the conversation moving. Engage. Reach out to either of us, Wes. If people want to contact you, find what you're up to. What are the best channels to do so? I am on Instagram at Mind Body Heart H A R T, and you can find me on Facebook at Wes Van Hart. Um, easily easy to contact. Okay, and then all of the show notes because I've been taking notes as we've spoken here. All the show notes will be over at the blog, brianhardy.ca forward slash mindbodyheart, H-A-R-T. That will be the the link for this podcast. So again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a fantastic week. hope this has been inspiring. And until next time, keep redefining reality. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you for listening, my friends. You know what to do. If you appreciated this episode, head on over to iTunes. Give this podcast a subscription, a rating, and a review. It helps so much with getting more people to find the show, to tune into the show, and to potentially change their lives because of the information and the guests that we have on. So that would be so much appreciated. Until next time, love your life and keep redefining reality.
But the only moment happening is right now Right here, right now So give thanks for the spirit of life Coming through everything that's inside Gratitude to the most high Help me sing it out Come and sing it out loud Sing it, all my friends. So glad you came through. So glad. So glad. 